Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople in the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, from fatherhood, and from personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Uh, Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Just for a little background, I'm 30 years old, I have four boys, and I've been happily married for five years now. I live in the lower mainland of British Columbia, Canada, and I've been in the trades now for 15 years, getting my start. Um, They had a it was called the high school apprenticeship program. So basically, through grade 11 and 12, I was uh, at work one day, at school the other. By the time I graduated, I had my hours for the first two years of electrical, and then I just continued on with that. Uh, it's taken me across different provinces in Canada, um, as well as up north, up towards the Arctic. Um, and I've found electrical to be a great way of life. It's supplied me and my family with a house. I've learned countless life skills and made uh, lifelong friendships along the way. Today is episode one. Um, so I don't expect it to be perfect. Um, and I had been scared to even start this thing. I've been wanting to for about six months because we're about six months into the pandemic. Um, as far as my sector, we didn't notice a huge drop off in work. We had a little bit of a pause kind of for the first two weeks as everybody kind of got accustomed and got over the shock of everything. And then we've been lucky. We've been kind of going pretty strong all the way through. I mean, people are always losing their power one way or the other, be it windstorms or faults within the house. So we've been lucky that way. Um, I know a lot of the building has still been going on. So most people I talk to and work with on a daily basis have been fairly unimpacted. Um, But I know that uh, that's not the norm. But anyway, it's been uh, a good scapegoat as for reasons why not to start this. And I imagine there's probably 6 billion podcasts that started since this pandemic. So here's another one. I don't expect this one to be perfect, but hopefully it gets better from here on out. Today I wanted to talk about work ethic and I think it's I think it's even more important nowadays um, considering competition is high, uh, job availability is low um, comparably and you know I talk to a lot of people uh, a lot of the time it's apprentices and the younger guys on sites who who kind of get into the trade and obviously when you first start it's a lot of grunt work it's a lot of labor Uh, There's not a lot of thinking involved, um, and you're kind of always at the whim of whoever your superior is, and you're taking orders all day for 8 to 12 hours a day, and that's kind of how it is. You're sore, you're worn out, and you're tired by the end of the day. And it's pretty easy to kind of take that and get demoralized by it. But, I mean, especially nowadays, and this is what I try to remind our apprentices, is that, you know, having a job and having a steady job throughout all of this, it really kind of reminds you what the backbone is. And that's not meant to sound, I don't know, conceited or in any way glorifying the job more than it needs to. Um, It's just, it seems to be the way it is. I mean, things have to keep running. The electricity has to keep flowing. Lights have to stay on. Plumbing has to keep working. And uh, people need houses, so you're always going to be building and repairing and upkeeping, maintenance. Um, So what I try to remind our apprentices is that uh, it gets better. I mean, 
all of us had to put in our time at the bottom to make it to where we are. I don't think that matters what uh, what industry you're in, but for us in trades, that's certainly how it is. I started on my knees, pulling wire, drilling holes, crawling through crawl spaces, crawling through attics. Um, the only electrical connections I did were plugs because those were down at kneeling height. My journeyman wasn't going to kneel down and do those. So then I eventually graduated to switches, lights, and uh, took me all the way up to up northern BC underground in a mine, a couple kilometers underground and running the power distribution for the setup at a gold and silver mine that is in full-blown production today. But we were there and I was running the construction crew that got it watered out and uh, prepped for where it is today. We did all the exploration tunnels, we did all the substations, all the 5kV feeders running down. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I find that to be a really good story. I went from crawling around in the muck, pulling wires and drilling holes to running a construction site up north that now employs thousands of people and has employed thousands of people throughout its lifetime uh, and is still going strong today. It's an economic driver up north and it's something that I take great pride in. And I'd be lying if I didn't contemplate quitting a lot along the way. Um, like I said, I mean, it starts bad. It starts you're tired, you're sore, and I really do feel bad. I mean, throughout the years, you get all kinds of apprentices, but especially in the oil field, I found that a lot of my apprentices were much older than me, uh, sometimes 20 years older than me. Um, but, you know, a lot of them in that 10 to 15 year older range. I was 25 um, and I was working with second year apprentices who were 40 uh, to 42. And I mean, it's not easy. Uh, and I didn't expect it to be. And I think the key in any of that is to treat everybody with the same level of decency. Um, just because you're more experienced at a certain task uh, doesn't mean that that person has any less value to the company. I mean, they're they're honestly doing a lot of the heavy lifting for me uh, in that case. So you've got to always treat those guys with respect and take their opinions into, into consideration and ask them, you know, ask them if there's anything you can do for them to help their job be a bit easier or... Um, yeah, anything to make their day go by faster and answer any questions they have because that's how people move up. I mean, I remember having journeymen who were closed off, who almost treated any question that I had as if I was attempting to take their position to move up ahead of them, which was, I mean, baloney. But uh, yeah, I remember taking that lesson and remembering that when I'm in that position as a journeyman to never ever treat a question like that from an apprentice because they want to learn and in any good company you're going to have opportunity to move up and for advancement and uh, if you're closed off to the idea of answering questions or actually helping your co-worker and those working underneath you to advance and get ahead then I mean it's going to look bad on you in the long run too because your whole cruise productivity is going to be bad but it's also you're just hindering their advancement you're hindering their career and uh yeah nobody wants to work around that on a job site but anyway backtracking a bit um i hear a lot of times that you know this isn't my dream job that um you know electrical or construction it's grunt work. It's something that I'll do while I'm young. Um, 
but it's not something that I really, I love. Like, it's not my dream job. I hear that all the time. And uh, the most common response to that, and I get I get this, I have to give all the credit to my dad. I mean, he instilled, he instilled a good work ethic in me and uh, my nine siblings. I come from a huge family. It's a long story. I'll get into it in another podcast, I'm sure. But, uh, but he was the ideal role model. Um, he taught us to work for everything we have. Um, and he taught us that to take pride in basically any task that we were given. And I think that's something that I try to pass along to everybody now. Um, and again, you like, I really struggle with the idea when people say that this isn't my dream job or I need to find my dream job. Um, if you can find great joy and meaning out of your work, that's incredible. That's a gift that I'd say most people don't receive. Um, because I've never viewed my job that way. I enjoy electrical. Don't get me wrong. I, I like working with my hands as well as thinking through problems, the math involved, the physics. I, I love it. That's what I'd live for. But um, but I would never consider it my dream job. I mean, I wanted to go to space when I was a kid. I realized how much uh, math and science would be involved. And I said, no, nah, not for me. But electrical has been a really good job for me. And it set me up with, I mean... A, a pretty good life. I have nothing to complain about. Um, so I think what I try to tell people the most is that your dream job shouldn't be the goal. But if you can find a job that you can find joy and pride in that fuels your dream life or your ideal life, then, I mean, that's that's an ultimate goal when it comes to the workforce. And it's something that I kind of like to talk about because... I mean, maybe my life isn't what everybody wants, and it won't be, for sure. But I got married at 25, and we now have been happily married for five years, and we have four amazing boys that we're raising. And, I mean, electrical, it fuels that. It's given us this life. It's given us the opportunity to raise our kids, um to put a shelter over their heads, to feed them, and to not really worry about a lack of work. Um, like I was saying earlier, I mean, there's always going to be storms. There's always a need for electricity. you got to keep the lights on. And um, I really find a lot of pride and a lot of joy in being able to do that. I mean, m- one of my favorite kind of types of work to do are service calls. Um somebody phones up they have an issue you know something doesn't work this half of their house doesn't work or you know their pumps are out anything it doesn't matter what it is um but when you go and you're able to fix it especially when it's minimally invasive if it's just happens to be a connection that fell apart or a wire that got hit um you know it's a good feeling it's uh it's nice to be able to see them kind of realize what you've done and you know, it's the it's the one area where you can really feel the appreciation. If you're doing new construction or even like I was saying when we were building the mine or when I was working in an oil field, you know, you're working with other workers. You're working with um, the site supervisor or somebody. Like they, they want to see quotas and deadlines hit, but they don't have a personal stake in the project. And so that's one area where I really can find joy and purpose out of even just a residential service call, something as basic as this plug doesn't work or my lights don't work. Um, 
you know, you can find purpose and joy out of anything if you look hard enough and depending on how appreciative you are. And so that's one thing that, again, that I try to try to push into our apprentices, because even if they aren't the ones doing the service calls, I mean, they're going to graduate to the point of being a journeyman, and then they're going to be the one dealing with these calls. And, um, and they'll be they'll be able to see that, that joy and that, um, that almost like, people are just thankful to get stuff turned back on. It's it's pretty amazing. And it's probably my favorite part of my job. And it seems like today, everything, people want everything fast, you know, they want to be the next YouTube sensation or, you know, anything. They want that 15 minutes of fame. They want that rocket ship to stardom, that rocket ship to fame or rocket ship to money. And for 99.999% of us, that just doesn't exist. And that's fine. I mean, but I do think that like one guy who I really followed growing up and going through my apprenticeship was Mike Rowe. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. He was on Discovery Channel. He did, I think it was Dirty Jobs, it was called. And he really, he basically did what I hope to do with this podcast, is he highlighted um, the different trades and the people involved with them. And, you know, just because a job was dirty, like, okay, for example, the septic field pumping crews that would come by with the honey wagons, we call them. I don't know why. It's kind of a funny nickname because they obviously stunk like shit, but... The big honey wagons would come by, hook up their hoses, and they would pump all of the septic tanks empty. And you would smell them for hundreds of meters across site. Everybody knew when the honey wagon was on site. Because it didn't matter where you were, depending on the wind direction, you were getting that smell straight up the nose. And you got to think that whether those guys liked their job or not, um, that was fueling their life. That was feeding their family, or that was paying for their rent or paying for their mortgage. And people find a lot of purpose out of that. I mean, and I think that's where we need to shift our sights, especially nowadays, especially in this time when you're really highlighting what the important things are in life. Um, You know, I mean, nobody cares what a celebrity is doing right now. They're locked away in their $30 million mansion. And, you know, what are we doing? We're all, we're working, we're relying on benefit payments, um, and we're stressing out about what the next, what's going to happen next. And um, at least I know I have, but for most people I talk to, that seems to be the overwhelming sentiment. And I think it's, uh, I think it's time to go back to basics a little bit. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with this slow grinding climb to, to purpose in life, to you know, and, and everybody has their own purpose. Everybody has their own set of ideals of what their life, what they want their life to look like. But you all have it. Um, you know, even mentioning that, like, what does your ideal life look like? Something comes to mind. My ideal life, it looks like raising my four kids to hopefully a slightly better standard of living than I had growing up. Because, I mean, that's all I can hope for. Um I want to give them a good life. I want to instill in them the the morals and the work ethic that my dad instilled in me, and I want to see them be successful in the world with whatever whatever they want to do. As long as they're working hard and uh, and they give it their all, I'm happy. I just want them to do whatever they want to do and be successful at it. 
And so, I mean, maybe somebody else's ideal life is something different. Maybe you, you don't want to get married. Maybe you don't want to have kids. But regardless, if you can find purpose out of your employment and out of your career, that's only going to further your life outside of work. And that's where I think we do need to make a bit of a disconnect sometimes is that, you know, you don't have to be working your dream job to have your dream life. Um, I think that gets lost nowadays. And, you know, it's important. And like I said, especially nowadays, I feel like people's minds, mindsets are kind of switching. They're reverting a little bit, a little bit. Like I have friends who, you know, call me up all the time. Like, do you guys have any openings on site? Do you need a laborer? Uh, that kind of stuff. And people are willing to put in that time that they may not have before, you know? And I just think that, I think that once you kind of get your hands dirty and you can see what you've built with your own two hands, there's there's so much gratification that comes in that. And again, it's it's not necessarily your dream job. And every day you go to work, it's not the best. But at the end of the day, you have something plausible that you can see that you built or that you contributed to. And that's where I personally find a lot of um, a lot of my purpose, a lot of a lot of joy. And one thing that I've had to kind of remind myself of constantly is that you've got to kind of set um, reachable goals, uh, stuff that not necessarily long-term, because if you just have long-term goals, it's really easy to lose sight or feel like you're falling short. Um, and again, in this era of like instant gratification and, you know, this rocket ship to stardom idea, um, if that doesn't work out for you, I mean, like I have, I have friends who, for example, are really big into uh, the multi-level marketing stuff, the MLMs and you know, every single one of them is, this is it, this is it. Like, this is going to be the one that makes me money. Do you want to join? And I'm, I'm hesitant. I, I don't know. To me, it, none of them have ever made sense to me. I, you know, I mean, some people have been very successful with them, but, um, I'm not a salesman. I don't pretend to be, and, you know, I'm not going to become one overnight. So that's not, that's not my path forward. But, um, what I often remind them is because every time I see, you know, one of them fall short or, you know, this MLM crashes or this one isn't what I thought it was, uh, they're left really picking themselves up from the dirt because, you know, they expected this quick rise, this, uh, quick amount of money to be made. And it, it just, it wasn't there. Um, and so anyway, I, I like to remind myself that I need to have shorter term goals. I need to have things that are reachable within days or weeks um, and not just long-term, you know, one-year, five-year, 10-year goals because those ones, they can become really obscure and it's hard to kind of track your your progress towards it if, it's, if they're too vague, they're too big. Um, so that's the one thing is to keep in mind is, you know, kind of give yourself a pat on the back for these small accomplishments, these small whatever obstacle you've overcome or you know dollar amount that you've saved or um you know deadline that you've hit on a project all of those things give yourself a pat on the back because it's easy to lose sight of the really big goals if that's all you have and uh you know it also helps you really value that hard work that you put in kind of day to day because if you're constantly 
hitting and crushing goals, you really feel like, okay, this, this hard work, this work ethic is worth it. Um, you know, I may be tired at the end of the day, but look at what I did, look at what I accomplished. Um, and so that's something that I've, I've struggled with in the past and that I now constantly remind myself to do because I used to just set big long-term goals. And if I wasn't, if I didn't feel I was making adequate progress or I was falling short, I'd beat myself up and that would last, you know, weeks. I just, I would lose it. Like to me, I was failing. And, uh, and that was the one thing, again, it's kind of the, the yin or the yang of that work ethic is if you feel you aren't hitting those targets, um, it's pretty easy to get downtrodden with that. So you've got to kind of keep your goals while you have your large ones, keep small goals here and there too that kind of give you that little boost as you hit them, crush them, and make them reachable, you know, like nothing nothing too crazy. There's no point setting yourself up for failure. Um, you know, give yourself the out sometimes. Set something that's a little bit easier that you know you're going to hit and then progressively get harder from there on out, something that's more challenging and harder to hit while keeping in mind that those harder to hit goals are the ones that, you know, are usually big deals. They're, uh, they're big step forward. They're a, a promotion. They're, a, you know, they're, they're a project that that's completed. It's, it's a bonus, a completion bonus or something like that. But, you know, when you hit those big ones, that's, you know, it throws a lot of fuel in that tank. It, uh, it really can propel you forward. And again, that's kind of just what I'm, I kind of wanted to drill home today is, um, that work ethic is so key, especially nowadays. And if you are younger and if you show a hunger and a desire for whatever field you're in, but I know specifically for construction, um, you're going to go far. You're going to be the first one looked at for, uh, job advancement. You're going to be the first one looked at when work slows down, you're still going to be employed because they see that work ethic. They see that drive. And uh, it's something that seems to be lacking a bit these days. And so if you've got it, you know, tend to it, nurture it, make it grow. That's something that will get you so far in life. And if you don't have it, then, you know, start looking at it. It's, um, again, for me, when I want to grow it, I set little goals that I can crush with a bit of effort, you know, 60% effort, 70% effort, 80% effort, just crank it up, make your goals increasingly difficult to hit. Um, But once you start hitting them, I mean, it's addicting. It's something that you want to do. You really, I'm a very goal oriented and goal driven person. I have to, I have to hit things. I have to complete them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's served me really well to this point and I can't, I can't stress it enough again, especially nowadays with the, the, uh, the competition that's out there and kind of the, the lack of employment opportunities. If you have that work ethic, you're going to stand out. Um, anyway, I think, uh, that's all I'll do for today. 23 minutes. That's pretty good for my standards. I didn't really have any other expectations, but, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, again, I'm Zach. I'll leave uh, a link to the email in the uh, info for the podcast if you have any questions or if you want to comment. Um, again, at this point, I am looking for interviews. Like I, I ideally, I, it would be a tradesperson. I like to find out kind of what got you into the trade. 
what kind of joy you pull out of it, uh, the meaning, um, and, you know, any funny stories or struggles with it too. I'm open to that. Um, yeah, maybe next time I'll go into what got me started in the trade. I don't think it was um, really a love of it, but kind of a necessity. And it's uh, a bit personal. But anyway, I'll talk to you guys next week, and uh, thank you for listening.